welcome to Atlanta Mix 108. Up next is Author Talk with your host, Emma Roostrack. Author Talk with M.L. Roostruck. I'm here today with Marianne Peterson. Did I pronounce that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we're going to talk about her book. The name is called God in Your Pillow. The two things, well, yeah, God in Your Pillow is the name. And I enjoyed make, trying to figure out that title. Isn't the titles always the hardest things to figure out? regardless of what point of the book you're in? Well, it's kind of interesting how I came across my title because uh, it's a memoir, so you know, it talks about my life. And the thing that stood out for the title was pillow because the, my pillow knows all my thoughts through this trial I went through. But then it dawned on me, wait, God also knows all my thoughts, so I know God and my pillow but then I realized that I want my readers to know that I'm sure they have their pillows, too, that know all their thoughts. So I decided to call it God in Your Pillow. And whenever I bring this title up with friends, they go, oh, my pillow's the same thing. It knows all my thoughts, too. So I had fun kind of, I kind of had my name on my book from the very beginning. <laughs> there we go. Don't all of our pillows know all of our deep, deepest secrets? Whether if you dream about it or if we're going through a crisis and our tears are falling upon it. Exactly. I kept saying, yeah, yeah, the pillow can soak up our tears for us, you know. And in my book, I kind of have a little fun letting my pillows say their thoughts too, you know. (laughs) Because, you know, hey, if my pillow knows all my thoughts, let's hear what my pillow is thinking about those thoughts. It was kind of fun little touch in there I added. Oh, that that is an excellent touch. Sometimes it wanted me to shut up. <laughs> it was it was it was fun sometimes, including what it's thinking. So. So, why don't we talk a little bit about the memoir? And you said you were going through a trial. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we sure can. Um. It happened, you know, years ago. And when I went through this amazing trial, it was basically an unplanned pregnancy that I thought would be the last thing I'd ever endure, I'd have to go through. My goal was to wait, quote, for your wedding night, and emotions and hormones can break in and take control, as I learned the hard way. Um, but, so you know, it was quite a while ago. Uh, I had just you know, graduated from high school. I had a wonderful summer. I came to put my heart to the Lord, and I thought, okay, more of a reason to wait for my wedding night. But kind of there was a little change of plans, I guess, and my story carries you through that whole ordeal of what happened and where and what my thoughts were and 
Um, but thankfully, as I had taken basically an out, I thought I was mature enough when I ventured to visit, uh, uh, stay with a friend in California and get a new job. And I thought I had a career plan, but I needed a little break from college. And I went there and thought I met Mr. Wright, sort of. And just, I lost it. I thought I'd wait for my wedding night and messed up. But, and then I thought, you know, I don't even want to stay here anymore. I want to get back to life. I want to go back to school. And I came back to into Washington. That's where I live, Seattle, Washington. And I, through a tough test, found out that positive is actually, you feel negative. I thought positive meant I wouldn't be pregnant, but that actually meant you were pregnant. So that started the roughest road I'd been on. We, I wasn't sure what I should do, but in a nutshell, came close to getting married. I thought I should. You know, hey, he's the father. I don't love him, but, well, being raised in a family that felt you should marry him no matter what, we he moved here, and we basically came planned our wedding. And it was going to be soon. We weren't going to wait very long. Let's just do it. Start a family before the baby's born. Mm-hmm. And thankfully I got some good counseling from some dear friends, and they guided me to put me in the baby first. There's no rule that's saying I had to get married. But thankfully my family was supporting me. I want to make sure this is clear. My family supporting me. I had a dear family. My friends at church were very supportive. So, And I could tell that, yes, I shouldn't get married to this man. But then there was a major soap opera involved in all that. There's even some, a few legal reasons that maybe I shouldn't have married this man as well. Yeah. That kind of adds a little more soap opera into the story. Oh, I can relate to that perfectly. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I, you know, I mean, there was. that's kind of what encouraged me to turn this into a book, a memoir, is because there was just that extra oomph into it to make it a book. <laughs> well, <laughs> I won't get into the details, though, but thankfully some counseling and some guidance encouraged me, you shouldn't be marrying this man. And at the same time, there was something positive that kind of came into the picture. And as my pregnancy was going very well, God even showed mercy. I really didn't have a morning sickness. You know, I was, it went very well. I was very comfortable. Oh, you are so lucky, and I'm so envious. Yeah, I know. And that was one thing about me writing all this. I thought, uh oh, maybe the readers are going to be starting getting mad at me. <laughs> Ooh, she had it made. But, I mean, there was still some uncomfort, of course. But I just, I just, I kind of, again, give God credit. He just knew this was tough for me, and he was carrying me through it. So as months went on, I got used to the fact of, you know, I, I'm going to be a mother, and, and I need to, you know, I was looking into the books, reading what I could. There was no website then. You know, we're talking yeah. like uh, 87. There's no websites I can just type in, pregnant, teen, what do I do? <laughs> it was books. Uh, so thankfully, as months were going by, then the part of, I like to say my book starts off as a soap opera, but halfway through it turns into a love story. So the rest of the book kind of goes through the means of how I met this one man, and I can't give too much away, but I knew it was more the right kind of man I should get to know, and I met him at church. 
and some friends that were kind of sensing I kind of liked them. We kind of had fun jokingly, oh, go over and talk to them, you know. But basically, as months went by, uh, we got to know each other more and became better friends. And then the love story continues. So I don't know if I want to give the ending to any of this, but it's a happy ending. Yeah, it's a happy ending. There were still trials in the process, and God was still showing me, Marianne, you need to put me first, remember. And he showed it in amazing, amazing ways. So I just my book is to show my story, how hard it was, and it's not like I was smiling the whole way through. There's, again, a major soap opera involved. So I just want people that are, are going through that. My goal is when people are going through an unplanned pregnancy and they need encouragement, that's what my book is for. See, now this is something I wish I would have read 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. See, exactly. My daughter was completely unplanned and was probably created with the worst possible choice in that mm-hmm. <laughs> I can think of. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole soap opera. There's still a soap opera as far as that's concerned. But Yeah, yeah. Because everyone's family is different that they grow up with to encourage them or they might be discouraged. They, yeah. You know, I thankfully had a good church that was that was a small church, so everyone knows each other, so they're hugging me through it all. I, but I know others don't have that, so I just, you know, I want my book to be a oomph. You know, you can get through it. And, hey, I even thought of adoption too. But since my family was so strong and encouraging to my friend, And, you know, some of my siblings have gone through the same ordeal, so I know my own family would have spoiled me rotten, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just hung in there, and I I stuck to it. Yeah, see, my family so. was, well, you made your bed, now lay on it. So there was no yeah. good alternative in my family. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And then their yeah. whole morning sickness and... I have my own yeah. medical issues added yeah. to pregnancy. So yeah. I, it was a trial in itself just to have her. And Definitely. And I totally understand how it can be that way for many. So, But it, it's also a blessing every day that I have her. She's my only oh, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's worth it. I remember... When I saw that baby, the first time I saw her, I was like, wow, I'm a mom. And thankfully, my labor was fairly smooth, too. And so in my story, I kind of give how I was feeling. Oh, and I also kept a journal during a lot of this. So in my book, I also show you what my heart was on paper at the time. And kind of showed my inward heart when I got to know this new man in my life and but then also the trials going through this new man in my life, you know. So, and I know some people like to read in someone else's journal, so they can read that as well. <laughs> well there you go. So, See, now, my I'm goal, actually... though, my goal is to reach others who have kind of gone through a tough time like this. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping my book can be read, but I'm also aiming to be a speaker at some support groups for those going through unplanned pregnancies, too. That would be so, so wonderful because there's so many young ladies out there that just mm-hmm. go lost. And yeah, and there there seems like there's now when I when this happened to me, you know, in the late '80s, you know, the mid '80s, 
there, you know, I couldn't pursue those. I didn't know what's out there. But now there's so many support groups. So I want to put my foot in the door and say, hey, do you need someone to speak to your group? Or, or I don't know, that's that's where I'm at right now. I'm I'm hunting for some places and getting names of places sent to me. So I'm enjoying looking. I will email you a site that I use mm-hmm. that gets, generates you leads for public speaking. That would be wonderful. That's my goal. Because I do public speaking for anti-bullying as well. Really? Wow. Good for you. Yeah. I do that, and I do um, post-rape. Yeah. So that that's yeah a different. There's story, so many ears out there that yeah yeah. yeah There's I so many ears out there that need. Mm-hmm. It, it's a big thing. I have that the child abuse and the anti-bullying things that. I do constantly. Yeah. And I'm in the process of writing a book from my grandfather's point of view, using his journal to tell my story. Wonderful. Yeah, that sounds great. Because I'm like, I want my story out there, but I don't want to write it from my perspective. I want an outsider's perspective looking at yeah, and my no, grandfather was a, was a big journal person. Yeah, and from up until the day he he passed, I have all of his journals, and I'm oh. putting his too. writings together. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then yeah. everyone's the heart. Gives, yeah, you get to read the hearts more when it's from their writing. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I look back at my high school journals. <laughs> They're funny, you know. I see how I was in high school, and or even junior high. Just my thoughts and my word. Yeah. It's just comical. Yeah, you go. Oh, so and so is so cute. I wish. Cute. It oh, but I like him better. But what if he talks to me tomorrow? And <laughs> yeah, uh, isn't it fun to look back on the journals from when we were in school? When we're growing yeah. up, and go, oh, yeah. life is on my so blog. On my blog, occasionally I share some of my past journal writing, you know, just for fun. Mm-hmm. But I want to encourage everyone: if you haven't started a journal yet, you got to. I still do it. I'm, you know, I'm I'm 51, <laughs> proud of it. Um, you know, and I and I've I still keep in my journal, but now it's gone through my you know, pros and cons growing through my with my family. You know, we I have four kids now. Um, they're all out of the house. My youngest is 21. You know, so I, I keep track of, you know, look back at what life was like when all my kids were growing up. And I love it. It's so worth it. It's not like a daily ritual writing. You know, it might be every six months. but right. Or when something dramatic happens or something hilarious happens. So. Yeah, I take journal writing and do change names and places. And then yeah. a blog about it, with, especially yeah. with certain things. There's things going on with my friends and family. I'm like, I want this out there as a learning experience for others, but I don't mm-hmm. want to use oh, definitely, the real yeah. thing in places. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Alter what, yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. But, but, but it's funny looking back now, like my oldest daughter, she's 31, when I look back at her journal, I just, oh, 
because after she was born, I thought, you know, I keep my own journal. I'm going to start keeping a journal when, for my children. So when they grow up, and my goal was when they move out of the house, they get to take their journal with them. So they get to read what I wrote about them when they their first rollover, you know, the first time they ate something that I was so excited about, you know, or one time my daughter, I wrote when she fell down the stairs. <laughs> and my heart felt concept. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, then growing up. So, but it was kind of hard after four kids keeping track of all their journals when something big happened. <laughs> but it was worth it. Yeah, it gets tough after a while. But oh, yeah. the more you can give them in, insight, the more it helps them later on. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So now, besides your journaling and you're trying to get it into public speaking and group speaking. Mm-hmm. Are you working on anything else right now? My next book, my next memoir, which is about an illness that I had that was about 27 years ago. It was, it's called encephalitis. I mean, I'm not going to get the big technical name, but it's encephalitis, which was a dramatic, it, it affects your memory. And it affects other things, but for me, it affected memory so I still suffer today of remembering, you know, names of this and that and details of this and that, but I'm bearing with it. I've, you know, just, I'm used to it. Yeah, you- I couldn't really get a full-time job because there's too much pressure to remember facts of jobs or people or things, and I wound up just working at home. Thankfully, God put a perfect job on my lap. I love videos, Okay. I love photos, I love music, and I love putting them together. And I realized that you could put these on on computers. <laughs> Actually, one of my daughters taught me. She said, Mom, Dad, come here, I want you to see this. And she put pictures of music together on a, on the computer. And my heart melted. I, My husband looked at me, he said, I know you, you're going to make this a business, aren't you? <laughs> sure enough, six months later, I had a license and I started doing videos for weddings and funerals and graduations and stuff. So That's that was so my my heart was there, and I worked that extra mile to remember details about programs and you know and and in a nutshell, right now I'm now working with a, a professional a speaker, and we put videos together for uh, websites for YouTube for different sources of the Internet, and it's it's a treasure. That so. is awesome. I'm going to keep you in mind because I have a lot of author friends that are Ooh, appearing yeah. on my show, and then a yeah. lot haven't appeared yet, but they're trying to see where the show is going before they commit to it. But yeah. they need to get their names out there and doing videos for YouTube. Is a big way oh to do yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a, it's a great job, and I'm thankful that because I work at home, and I can do it kind of on my hours, you know. And the guy that I work with, we just work great together. He's a great guy. I'm God just knew exactly what I needed, because I can't because of my illness. And that's again what my next book is going to be about. It's going to be showing from beginning to end, basically, how God put got me through that, and. I didn't really think of you know writing a book, but people have encouraged me. Said, Marianne, you need to write about what happened to you because others yeah. need to be encouraged for that illness, how you survived through it. 
and enough people were telling me that. And it is good when you have a book on the go to kind of have a second book. That always helps. So I oh, put, yeah. I, I'm, I'm gung ho for it. Yeah. Now it's just finding time. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if my listeners can understand that I skip words or I have mm-hmm. intermediate pauses and stuff. That's for, because mm-hmm. of my own medical illnesses. Yeah. I was 28 yeah. and I had two strokes two weeks apart. Wow. Yeah, when I read about that, I thought, oh, an instant I can bond with you because I... I mean, I went to but work if your one day. There. Yeah, yeah, I went to work one day, a healthy 28-year-old or semi-healthy because I was having other medical mm-hmm. problems. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, I have a stroke. I'm having brain surgery. I have another stroke. Oh. I lose oh. half my vision, the yeah. entire right side of my body, and I can't yeah. speak. So, God pulled you through it. You sound yeah. great. I'm, yeah. I'm here. I, when I finally got where I could talk, I spoke with a Romanian accent. Don't ask me where Aww. that came from. Never <laughs> been to Romania, but yeah. only like a handful of people understood me. One of the ladies yeah. that understood me was a native of Romania. <laughs> <laughs> so she was my translator oh. there for a while. Yeah, but yeah. It's been a fight to get back. So I understand. Well, my family, yeah. Well, thankfully, I, I, I could have been, and I kind of shared this on my blog. Um, I did take my six-month-old to a doctor's appointment. She was my second daughter. My other, my first was about three and a half years old, and mm-hmm. it was a. <laughs> this is where the little soap, the little story starts. It was a terrible snowy morning, and I had to go to the doctor. I knew I had to take her, but the the drive would have been too long. So I spent the night at my mother's home only about five minutes from the doctor. Plus, there was snow. you know. So we spent the night, and so the next morning I was getting us ready to go, and one of my sister, my other sisters stopped in just to say hi. She had to get something. And I had a seizure right before I left, and I had my two kids with me. But my mom was there. My sister was there, and my sister actually works at that hospital. Not, I can't say she's a nurse, you know, but she's, she knew enough mm-hmm. to, what to help what I needed to get done. But can you imagine if I was at my apartment, if I didn't have a doctor's appointment, if I was at my apartment with my two little kids with snow everywhere and I had a seizure, that's where I would have been. Or if there was no snow, I would have been in the car at that point driving to the doctor. But where was I? God knew he, I'm putting her through this extra trial. I'm going to have her at her parents' house where her mom can take care of the kids. And I'll have her sister there to make sure the right. And then my other sister showed up while the ambulance was on the way. Mm-hmm. And she also worked at the hospital. So I kind of got that little extra spoilish at the hospital. But there in a nutshell, <laughs> when I was there, I didn't know who anyone was. There was like six days that I don't remember, but to me I was asleep. And they were wondering, what, that's when they were trying to figure out, what does she have? So to me, I kind of woke up there. Yeah. Where am I? Who are these people? And then, and then, then they—that was the good sign, though. They could tell, oh, something's good's happening, you know. But mm-hmm. it, you know, to make a long story short, I didn't know who my kids were. What's a husband? What I'm holding this thing. This is mine. What's a mom? Yeah, I, I. I but thankfully, I as each, yeah. I understand. As each day went by, it was getting better. 
Yeah. yeah. First came from the hospital. I don't recognize my daughter. Yeah. I didn't recognize I was 28. I thought it was like 16 and I'm in the hospital. Yeah. What happened? Why am I in the hospital? No, I don't have a baby. I'm only 16. I'm getting ready for prom. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, I I, believe it, yeah. I I was about 20. I was let's see, I was about 23 or 24. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just didn't know what squat was. Yeah. So, and it's a scary when you're going through it, but then you look back and go, "Hey, if I can survive this, exactly. There is nothing I can't do." Yeah. I was at the first hospital for about two and a half weeks because physically they realized, okay, physically she's pretty much totally fine, but the brain Okay, so they sent me to a different hospital for another about two and a half weeks that my husband's parents both work there. They live two minutes from that hospital, so my husband had a place to stay. Their hours were very flexible, so they didn't have to be at work. So, you know, again, another thank you, God, for some other right next to that second hospital. But there is when I was more um, therapy Let's yeah. try to work on remembering things more. And as time was going by, it was getting better. So, But then even after that, I couldn't be at the, our apartment by myself. My mother-in-law or my mom had to be with, until I could prove that I'm fine to be a mom of two kids again. <laughs> and But it was, it, was in getting, it was getting better. And as months and now years have gone by, it's, it's just simple, okay, I don't remember this. I don't care because I don't have to. What else do I need to remember? <laughs> But my heart, if it's on something, I'm going. I'm 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 there, hundred percent. Yeah. So my books exactly now it. get hundred and ten percent. I think that's why so many people with ailments become mm-hmm. authors because hey, if we can survive our ailments, we yeah. can survive putting ourselves out there with our work. This is something we yeah. enjoy. This is something that therapeutic. We can actually do. Yeah. And you get authors, artists, musicians that are so great that have these backstories that you would never believe unless you sit down and talk to them. Yeah, and like what I share on my blog, my main goal is to encourage people. You know, look what happened to me. Yes, it was tough. Yeah, and there's still tears. I still shed some tears on how hard some things can be for me. But, again, God's holding me. Even though I'm crying, he's there with me, and I want to help others. That That's my goal. And I believe your books will do that so well. And we can find your books on Amazon. It's very simple. You would just look up your name, yeah. Marianne yeah. Peterson. And Peterson, it's S-E-N. S-E-N. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or that's just the title of my book, God in Your Pillow, and it will pop up. And these are very and, inspirational books. Right now you only have the one out, but the next one, more so for those that are going through something medically wrong. Yes, yes, that it can be tough, but hang in there. And I'm kind of half-jokingly, but half-serious. Since this one is called God in Your Pillow, I'm thinking of calling the next book God in Your... Wait, what's it called? <laughs> 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 but I don't know. I haven't decided that yet. <laughs> that would be fun. just to connect the two books. You know, yeah. God's with you, whatever trial you're going through. But and I also have fun in my book. I I'm one of those 
very few people that don't have a middle name. And so in my book, I have a little fun. Through the whole drama, through the whole soap opera, through the whole love story, I like giving my own middle name to fit in with what the book's sharing at the time. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. That would be extremely I usually call myself Marianne Hot Tub Peterson because I love hot tubs. (laughs) But... (laughs) That might I have send the wrong message. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or or hot tub cozy pillow with a blankie, you know, cozy. Be, yeah. I love hot cocoa, Marianne Hot Cocoa Peterson. But in my book, it applies to where I am in the story. Right. So it's kind of fun. It is always fun to put yourself into a story and just have fun with it mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it's also fun, I felt, to know – to kind of read your thoughts. So I share a lot of my thoughts going through this whole drama, you know, what my thoughts were while I'm at a place, thinking, why am I here, why am I here, I can't believe I'm here, you know. And but Well, unfortunately, I think that's about as much time as we have for today. I would okay. love to have, have you back on Author Talk as soon as I would you love get to. the next book out. Because I think your next book would touch base on so many more issues that are out there. Where yes, I agree. Yes, yeah. And, and there's so many medical issues that people can connect with, even if you haven't had a stroke or encephalitis. It's you can connect the dots with your own medical. Yes, issue. there's so many other people out there that have brain injury, and we can all relate somehow in some way. So that's, yes, that's my mission. So thank you, Marianne, for being on the show. Well, thank you very much. I'm very thankful that I found you. You are very welcome, and I love to talk to you today. And Alana, good night, and I'll talk to everyone tomorrow. Bye-bye.